0: Welcome to episode 242 of the Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Network. Um, I am Paul Noonan, I'm filling in for James this week, who was kind enough to write us the rundown um, and then get sick. So I feel bad that James got sick. Um, on the plus side, neither neither Ryan or I have actually read it yet. So this will be very <laughs> exciting. Um, it, it's sort of a blind um, go at this kind of thing. So um, we'll see how it goes. Um Ryan, how you doing? I know you were at the game and um uh, now you're not, so <laughs> I left an exciting one there.
1: Yeah, I, I walked out right after the Brewers I finished off the sixth. So I missed Burns last inning. But okay. I was home in time to see uh Devin's inning. So we we're able to do that right. pretty quick. So Important. Um Yeah.
0: I am you didn't you did not stick it out all the way through cheap beer night, though, because you, that means you left before they cut off sales. So, well, no, um, they
1: did uh, stop the cheap beer night at the fifth inning. Oh, really? That's, yeah. Oh, they that, didn't do it all night. They did it through the fifth inning.
0: That's amazing. I mean, it's smart. I mean, it makes uh, kudos to them for doing that. That makes tons of sense. That is what you should mm-hmm. do whenever you have discount beer in Milwaukee. But um, I'm surprised they had the forethought to do
1: it. Um, nice work, Brewers. <laughs> I mean, the thing is. Charging, like, six bucks for a Miller Lite is already (laughs) severely overdoing, like, what your your actual cost is by, I don't know, two, three times or something, or way more than that, actually. But it it actually felt right. It felt like this is the amount that one should pay for, like, a Miller Lite at a ballpark. So, instead of literally double that.
0: It's a throwback to, uh, when was the last time beer cost six bucks to the baseball game? Like,
1: (laughs) 98-ish? <laughs> yeah, at, at, Milwaukee hasn't been that expensive for that long I feel like when I started going to games a lot When we got our season tickets in 2006 It was probably around there I guess I think of it as being like
0: 8 And um, I guess it's not too far off that So and 6 isn't too far gone Alright, alright But before we get too deep in wandering off Since we haven't done any research <laughs> or read anything um, If you'd like to help and support the podcast You can become a patron At patreon.com Slash tailgate. For as little as two bucks a month, that gets you question priority on all the podcasts. This one, reporting is eligible, et cetera, on the network. Uh, five bucks a month gets you um, question priority plus the extra subscriber exclusive podcasts, uh including Ryan and James's minor league extra. Um, and uh James Anderson from RotoWire. I should give him his full due and credits. Um, uh, as well as the mini pods for reporting us eligible and football season's just around the corner. Um, so you'll want to check those out when that gets going as well. And, you know, we have the occasional one off too. Um, uh, and uh, do you guys have anything coming up in the not too distant future? I know we just did one, so.
1: Uh, yeah we're going to be doing a draft preview we have that scheduled for the first week of july so not too far off
0: not too far off yeah
1: yeah and we need to we need to do that because the draft is late and this needs to like not be this late because middle of july during the all-star break when everything else is going on already anyway is ridiculous they should not be doing that
0: it's (laughs) kind of insane so it's baseball um they're uh they're good at a few things but they're bad at promotion logistics I guess I would say it's yeah. really their worst thing they're just yeah. awful at it mm-hmm. um, no idea how to handle drafts or anything of that nature all right well um we've had um a, a I guess exciting and, and topic filled week uh, uh game is still going on so if you hear us yelling or swearing because it's the Cardinals that's what's happening there um and you can just imagine um JR making faces in the background if you're reporting as an eligible listener. Um, but uh we had lots happen this week. Uh kicked off more than anything by the Lorenzo Kane era coming to a fairly abrupt and kind of surprising close. Um, he was designated for assignment on the day he hits ten years of major league baseball service time which is the indicator that it was mutual. Uh, if, the, if there was any animosity here, he would have been gone, well, much, much, much earlier. And uh, they did him a solid by getting him into the upper tier uh, pension level the 10 years grants you. Um, but uh, I, first of all, Brian, uh, did, did you see that coming at all? I, I feel like it wasn't really reported that that might be an important deadline for him or anything of that nature. And I was, I was very surprised that they actually went that route.
1: No, though... I guess listening to a podcast this afternoon, Ken Rosenthal was kind of talking about the fact that they, he had been in town, I think, for the uh, Mets series. And I think he kind of he, he let it slip a little that there was some indication they kind of knew that this was, was in the works. Like, I think it wasn't anything anybody wanted to talk about uh, because they didn't feel like it was their business. But I think people kind of knew it and... If people were looking at those dates, they they kind of knew that it was a thing that the brewers were potentially going to do at that point. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, but I mean, from from the outside, yeah, it was it was surprising. I mean, you can't be too surprised with how bad he had been and with how down he had been on his own performance. Like the things he was saying were not indications of confidence. He that was is not, very true. He, he wasn't uh, saying things that would make you think he knew what to do to fix it.
0: Yeah. And one of these things, too, where his his modern comments, his recent comments sort of refrains, uh, reframe some of his older comments as well, where it maybe seems like he didn't have quite the drive that you need to play professional ball kind of since the covid season he took off. Um, There's a lot of Lorenzo Cain quotes of just um, aside from being messed up that like, uh, you know, I'm I'm. I'll be out there, I'll be doing my job, but not a lot of like, you know, let's go out there and work 100% and win it all, blah, 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 even platitudes. Um, <laughs> he's a very honest player, got to give him that. And uh, so I think in retrospect, it's not as surprising as we might think. Um, so th- There is that. So um, And that isn't to uh, say guess, that
1: you think he was being unprofessional, it was just like... No, no. He had kind of run his race, you know, he had gotten to the end of, of the course and, and it was sort of it was time and i would be really surprised if he did more than maybe i guess sign a one-day deal with the royals to retire as a royal that would be weird because he's already <laughs> kind of you know <laughs> he's revered there he's revered here those are the two places he's played and he's you know just absolutely beloved in both places i don't think he needs to yeah. like retire as a royal to to for the, them to appreciate his career but whatever it's it's fine whatever he wants to do that way is is absolutely fine yeah, but um, I will say I don't begrudge any major league
0: player for getting paid and um, you know playing out his contract. Um, I I do begrudge Kane I think a little bit um, because this is it's not artificial it's not his fault. Um, Ten years is important to hits um, and you know union wise you can't have guys leaving money on the table. However, um, I do feel like it did put them in a bit of a bind. Um, if this wasn't indicated or on the table early in the season if this was an unknown to the brewers in the offseason that they were going to essentially be needing a starting center fielder partway through the season (laughs) the time to get one was earlier it's not now and that does have a substantial negative effect on them going forward Um, I don't know that it could have been avoided But I do hold it against him just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it all depends on how open the communication was. And I suspect, based on the way it's all kind of played out, that there was at least some pretty open communication about this. And he was saying, even in spring training, that this is probably it for him. Like, this is probably his last year, which is giving an indication that he is seeing, like, the, the finish line here and is not wanting to, you know, keep pushing and pushing and pushing to play out his career. So my guess is that there's been some communication, even though it hasn't necessarily been made public to this point. But, yeah, they. I guess how mo- I don't know what they would have done differently. I don't know what else they really could have done besides, I guess, like. If you had known that Jackie Bradley Jr. had an astigmatism, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that it's the same week. <laughs> it is, though, isn't it? But like, what it's also the same week that we just had Hunter run for a weekend in Cincinnati, where he had a home run in every game and you know, like really showed why it was that the Brewers went out and got him in the first place, it was because he really does have an impact power swing in, in that bat, you know? Yep, so like totally I think that we need to just sort of acknowledge that this whole thing has been very strange more than anything like none of this really could be predicted it's all just you know kind of random though yep. it does in retrospect make a lot of sense that Jackie Bradley Jr. all of a sudden couldn't see because he was certainly playing like a guy the last year and into the beginning of this year in Boston as well like a guy who couldn't see the damn baseball so
0: it was it, I, I it'll be interesting it will be interesting to see how much it fixes him um, I I do feel like We hear I things often and they don't make as big a difference as we'll think. Now, that is LASIK a lot, and I do kind of get that one. Um, I've had LASIK and I know that the first two weeks you have it, it's like you are basically an X-Man you can see way better than everybody else but it does turn back to normal after a while so i get that one but astigmatism is a real problem that impacts your depth perception (laughs) so i do wonder if it'll actually help him Uh, and uh, i mean i hope it does i don't wish any ill on well and especially they said
1: it's his right eye right and he's a left-handed batter so (laughs) (laughs) kind of important like i mean they're both (laughs) important you need both eyes to be a a hitter of baseballs but yep it's It's still crazy. yeah that was wild
0: now that I've slagged on Lorenzo Cain, let's let's go to a more positive Lorenzo Cain. So um, Adam Post with our first question of the day. What will be your favorite Lorenzo Cain memory?
1: Okay, so I spent – I did see this question in Good the – Good for you because I totally
0: didn't. And I'm frantically looking through reference right now. So.
1: And I dug <laughs> for about a half hour trying to find it, and I couldn't find it. And I just <laughs> said, okay, screw it. People are going to remember and could probably write in and tell me exactly what the context of this was. But there was a game, and I want to say it was very early in the 2019 season. It was like the first week of 2019, where uh, Lorenzo Kane scored from first on a Christian Yelich double, and it was a game-winning hit. And I want to say it was maybe even against the Cardinals. And Kane, after the game when he was asked, was sitting there in his best like old man uh, attitude sort of thing, and he's like... And I can't remember the exact quote, and this is where I, I need help, but it was something about, like, <laughs> next time just hit a damn homer instead of a double, because I don't need yep, to be reminded by that. I do that. remember that. Okay. I totally remember that. Yeah, that, that is my favorite Lorenzo Cain memory. Like, uh, aside from all of the the pulling back of baseballs, yeah, which obviously that's amazing. He did it in the playoffs in 2018. He did an opening yep. day in 2021, right? Uh, yep, yep. Opening day 2021 um, might be mine, although...
0: Um, he had a, uh, I think I've been trying to find it and can't, but I think a go ahead in 2021 against the Cubs in, and extras, um, that, um, that was, that kind of sticks in my head too. Um, or maybe that was, uh, anyway, uh, I'm not really sure because one of the problems with Lorenzo Cain is all the, all the awesome catches, they don't all really blend in, but they all kind of do blend in. He did it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He really and, uh, did it a lot. So he did that a lot. And then the other thing was he was the center fielder you want. He is the center fielder you want to um, cover so much ground and make it look easy. Uh, he actually didn't have a ton of like awesome diving catches or anything because he was usually there. A lot of running catches, um, a lot of going back to the wall and just pulling it in. But uh, he made the difficult look routine and allowed their corner outfielders to be subpar fielders for a long time. Um I think I appreciate that more than any. I, I I was looking for a specific home run and I just cannot find it. I swear I was at a game winner that does not exist on Baseball Reference, so I must have imagined it or it must have been in like the seventh and then Hater slammed it or whatever. But um, I do really also like vintage Lorenzo Lorenzo Cain home run swing. Um, it is he is a violent swing. I'm actually mm-hmm. um, he was I I would say he got he got a lot of hits on contact because of his speed. But he wasn't a great um, line drive hitter. He was really a pound it or ground it kind of hitter. And when he got one in the air, um, it was a it was a it was a mash. A lot of the it was a it was a good one. So I like watching him hit home runs, even though he didn't hit a ton of them.
1: Um, Are you thinking about the home run at Wrigley that won the game and got them on the airplane and he made a comment about like he was just ready for that game to be done? So he, so he matched it. And I think it was at Wrigley. It may have been in Cincinnati. But I think it was at Wrigley. So it probably is that one. Okay, I think it was off like Brandon Workman maybe. I don't know. But I could be.
0: I don't know. Uh, there was nobody, one though where he won the sucks. game and it was
1: literally like I didn't want to play any more extra innings. So yeah, I, I, I wanted one. to be
0: done. I, like I wanted to be out of here and not playing baseball which is appropriate for the
1: moment. So um. and the Brewers have won by the way, so they are now a game up on the St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh, right. Which uh, they really needed to win that game after <laughs> after Corbin Burns throws seven shutout. Like you got to win that game. Like that's because the Cardinals offense is good enough that they're probably going to pummel you and put up some runs in at least one if not a couple of these games this week. So when yeah. you get them down like this You need to take advantage and finish that game, which they did with pretty much, you know, Williams and Hayter were both really, really good. So no issues there.
0: Indeed. Stomped them good. Um, They did what they were supposed to do, and now Mm -hmm. they can. It's just good to get the first one against the Cardinals, too, because it really does mitigate against a total disaster. Like, you get swept, and it's a big problem. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even worst-case scenario for the rest of the series is not great, but it's mitigated pretty significantly. So it's all right. I'm glad. So glad they won this one. I hate losing to the Cardinals more than anything. It sucks. And don't look now, uh,
1: but that's four in a row now. Yeah,
0: they they are back on a streak, back on a tear. It's baseball is funny that way. Mm-hmm. Think you're never gonna win, never gonna win again, and then you get <laughs> you get the Reds and you're fixed. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, next question from from Bill Rabe or Rob, um, uh, possibly named after the broccoli product. Um, <laughs> The, the Kane contract produced 1.5 good years. I think that's about right. For $80 million. Will they do this again? Is there a counterexample to a contract like this? Or are they all Pujols, Fowler, Hayward? Um, I So can I go first on this one? Yeah, go right I, ahead. I, I do think that understates Kane a little bit. It um, does. And one of the reasons that this is a good signing, better than the ones that are mentioned afterwards, is that Kane's defense... Almost always provides a floor, regardless of what he does with his bat. Um, I would say I don't think it's unfair to describe him as a defense-first player. He uh, provides most of his defense or his value out in center field, um, making his other players better by demanding less of them on defense. And then what he does with the bat is just gravy. Um, And if he has an average season with the bat, he's going to be like a three or four-win player consistently um when the bat i mean the bat went but even when the bat went um uh um he still provided quite a bit of value being out there just flagging balls down so um i mean there's a limit to that which we saw this year you can't have a 27 ops plus and still be on on the field but uh you you you're still at least a uh, you know a somewhat valuable player a useful player by virtue of being able to run around in the outfield, and so it's better to make these kinds of deals than throw money at like Albert, who is first baseman. And if the bat goes, that's all there is. Um, so yeah, it's it's a you got you got your money's worth out of Kane, no question about it. Uh, he was a I would say a down down ballot um, off off the radar slightly MVP cal- candidate his first season with the Brewers. He was super valuable, um, and uh, that's worth a lot to start. And he he earned that contract um, even with his. Uh, you know tapering out towards the end
1: yeah i mean kurt hogel will tell you that uh, he should have been the mvp in 2018 and 18, even right? he yeah. did he did finish a little bit weaker and yelich obviously was out of his mind for those last two months so yelich clearly won it and it's always going to go to the offensive guy the guy who derives his value offensively as opposed to the guy who does it so much on defense which is what kane yeah. does But baseball reference had him at 6.9 wins in 2018. Seven Mm -hmm. win player. I mean, that's that is one of the top six or seven seasons in Brewers history in terms of war. uh, And like, that was on a team who that had the NL MVP as well, uh, yep. along with him for that. And I, I think Yelich did finish ahead of him that year in war. But if you look at in 2019 and 2021, at least according to baseball reference, he was still up over two wins. He had 2.6 war and 2.2 war in 2021. And I, I refuse to say anything negative or hold any sort of grudge or anything against him for what happened in 2020 because... 2020 was an insane situation. I don't either. Yeah. So we can't, I I think you have to throw out 2020 and basically treat this like it was a four year contract and just pretend that 2020 didn't even exist. First off, they paid him basically nothing in 2020. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was making money that year. He got a little bit because he played what, five or six games or something. But yeah, he played five games uh, before deciding it just wasn't worth it. And that was, you know, the right call for him and 100% you know do what you got to do on that so i i really i think it, this goes to your point though that he has a great floor because of the defense And it was just this year when everything kind of fell apart the last year of a contract when he signed that contract i think all of us that look at this stuff said yeah at the end it's probably going to get pretty ugly because yep he will probably be physically breaking down and won't be you know able to do the things that make him so valuable right now, you hope that you get, you know, two, three really good years out of him. And I think you can make the case that they really did, that they got two to three pretty good years out of him. And that 2020 just, you know, doesn't really factor in. So I, I think that in terms of his question about, do you see the Brewers doing this again? You mean signing a sort of top end free agent, to a contract like this, under a uh, the right circumstances, sure, I can see them doing this again. But it's always this type of signing is always going to take a lot of things converging. You're going to need the front office to be really comfortable with the player. You're going to need the player to want to come to Milwaukee out of all their you know potential destinations that they could want to go to. So you're going to need a lot of things to sort of converge for that to happen. But yeah, I, I could see it happening again. I don't think there's anything particularly outstanding about what happened here.
0: Agreed, and I think that they kind of do look for defensive floor on a lot of their signings too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I could definitely see that that happening again. No question there. So look, Kane's not a Hall of Famer, not by a long shot. Um, he he finished between twenty eight and thirty eight WAR, depending on what your preferred flavor of WAR is. Um, but I do think he's in if he like a couple more good seasons. On, like, the Jaws standard, where you can also get in with a really, really, really high peak, I think he'd be an interesting guy. Um, just because he, starting in 2013 on the Royals, uh, his season wars, he went three, four and a half, seven, uh, three, five and a half, and then six point nine with the Brewers. Um, that's a really good run. <laughs> and, uh, if he had another good one on each end of that, I think that you would, um, Start to have a decent argument that maybe he gets in. He doesn't, of course. That's that's why the Hall of Fame is hard to make. But uh, he had a really good peak, and uh, um, I think that gets missed a little bit by national people because he was with the Royals in Milwaukee for so long, and defense was kind of the calling card of him. But uh, you don't find a lot of guys with two seven war seasons. It's very rare, and he basically has those. So, uh, he yeah, was awesome.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's worth pointing out and. You've obviously heard this if you've been watching Brewers broadcast the last few days. But Lorenzo Cain was a guy who didn't start playing baseball seriously until he was about 16 years old. And so the fact that he didn't really hit his stride, he wasn't an above average hitter in the big leagues until he was 28 years old in 2014. That was his first year where he put up an above average batting line. He was real close in 2012, but he wasn't really even an everyday player until 2013, that's when he got to 115 games. Before that, his his high had been 61. So he really wasn't like even a, a an everyday player until relatively old. If he had had the opportunities to play baseball at a younger age, been more developed, and been able to hit his professional career with a little bit more of the ground hit the ground running when he became a pro he probably has a hall of fame career because he clearly has the hall of fame peak and he got there. It's just that he was still developing and still working on honing his craft because he had got started so late. And that's really a, a thing in baseball where you, you, you know, especially for hitters, it really takes time to develop up and to develop that hand, eye coordination. And just the ability to recognize pitches and all that stuff. It takes time to do that.
0: It does. It, it's the hardest sport to get good at. Uh, Well, Lorenzo has shuffled off and um, the Brewers have to do something about that. So um, our next question is from Jay Google, of course, uh, who asks, who are some possible options for center field Um, in-house Davis doll or guys out of the organization like Michael Taylor, Benny or others? Um, I'm going to let you take this one because I don't know who Benny is. (laughs)
1: Uh, I mean, in-house, you're looking at. I think we will see some Davis, but he's not a long term solution. He's 30 years yeah. old. Like, th- it's a nice story. You're happy for him, but he is not a long term solution. He's not the future. because I heard that bandied about some this weekend. No,
0: nothing, there's nothing sadder than like discovering a prospect and seeing a great line in AAA and being like, oh my goodness, this guy looks good. And then going to see his age and it's like 31. Like, oh, darn it. It's one of those guys. Yeah. Oh, well,
1: yep. Uh, it's going to be Tyron Taylor in the short term. I think that it gets more interesting when you start looking and actually somebody was brought to my attention this weekend that I hadn't previously thought of because we had kind of talked about the fact that like, okay, we don't think Brian Reynolds is going to get traded and especially not get traded within the division to the Brewers right. because the Pirates owners aren't going to do that. And we sort of felt the same way about Cedric Mullins. We kind of talked about him a little bit. He's a little bit down offensively. He also still has three years left. I don't feel like the Orioles would be in a hurry to trade him, but maybe. I, I, he's definitely more probable than Reynolds, but I still wouldn't bet on it. Yeah. The one that came to my attention over the weekend and is very interesting is Ramon Laureano from, uh, from Oakland. And he's a guy who's coming off of a suspension, and my understanding is that... His postseason ban would actually have applied to last year, so he's not banned for this postseason. So the Brewers would be free and clear to add him this year and have him be available for their postseason. So that was kind of an important thing to get straightened out. Mike Farron, I think, responded to me on Twitter and said, yeah, he should be eligible. So... Good on that. He's an interesting guy. He's been sort of already replaced in Oakland in their center field. Yeah. Yes, he has by Christian Pache, who's a like legit eighty defender who probably needs like three or four years to figure out how to hit a baseball. Which is kind of Pache might be a little Lorenzo <laughs> Caney, now that we've you know talking about that. But anyway, he does sort of make uh, uh, Ramon Laureano a, a superfluous player to Oakland, and chances are good that they will be in the market to at least look to move him at this deadline and i would think the brewers would be banging on their door to get that done if uh if oakland does in fact decide to shop him
0: that would be i I think a pretty good guess um i hadn't noticed him because he'd barely played this year so far you're right Mm um but uh he's he's just pretty good um like Mm -hmm. He he's not he's an everyday guy he has very i mean he has platoon splits like most people do but they're not they're not severe um he hits lefties quite well but he right he's perfectly passable um and I, i've actually watched him play a little bit his defense is not not bad at all um so that's a good one to have on the radar if that one happens i won't even be surprised
1: yeah it's not like i not we have I'm a problem definitely... with drug
0: suspensions around here so
1: <laughs> bring it on yeah i mean and he, he he served his time so It's fine. You get to bring him in. Uh, I don't know what that would take. I think that Oakland is definitely a savvy organization and would have their eyes on certain guys in the organization. But I don't think it would take... Well, the, the Brewers definitely aren't moving Jackson Churio. Like, that would be a, a non-starter. You'd hang up on them if they demanded Churio and said he <laughs> was the only thing that they would take. But I don't even think it would necessarily take one of the other top guys. Like, you're not going to move Joey Weimer for him. Of course. I don't even think you would necessarily move, like, a Bryce Tarang. I think you, you'd you go a little bit further down than that uh, before you would, you know... And, and probably it would be, you know, three, four players, potentially some pretty young players. I could see somebody like um jefferson caro the the catcher down in a ball who is turning a lot of heads i could see him being somebody that uh could be like a top piece moved in a deal for somebody like ramon Loriano. that could be a thing so but i think it's going to be out of house and Loriano is is sort of the guy that i would focus on now as the most likely place to to look
0: Yep, that makes a ton of sense, and uh, I'll actually be actively rooting for that now. He would be. Tyrone Taylor's been, you know, perfectly serviceable, even good at times, but uh, they need somebody else, especially defensively. Uh, One big, one big issue they'll have until they do something is, um, is late inning defense. It hasn't been a big problem yet, but there's not somebody to go out there and be the stud in center field now, and that's a problem. Um, This would, this would fix that and bring some offense to the table and. You know, any often even average play over what Kane was bringing to the table will make them quite a bit better. So mm-hmm. um, they should they should do that. All right. Um, So we got the nice win tonight. Um, Always nice to smash the Cardinals, of course. And the Brewers really got back into it over the weekend after just a dreadful spell um, with the Reds. And I feel like the Reds are sort of this for us a lot of the time. Um, I feel like there's a lot of brewer legends built on the reds you know like eric dames kind of built on the reds um a mm-hmm. lo- lo- lot of uh, carlos gomez taking home run away from joey Votto built on the a lot, lot of just like beating up on the reds they're fun to beat up on i'm glad they're in the division um, bill hall made a career out of torturing hall, the Reds. also yeah yep good one um it'd be a good good article out there for anybody who wants to write it um top 10 ways the Brewers have destroyed the Reds recently. Um, anyway um, they got back into the top slots going into tonight they now have a one game lead um, which is fantastic. Uh, PJ Wessels asks are the Reds just the tonic that the Brewers needed or was this weekend a false green flag? Also, rank the bird teams the crew faces this week and their real life
1: counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> okay PJ, you've made me laugh. Thank you. <laughs> So uh, I mean yes, the Reds are a tonic, though they have been playing a lot better. So we we saw the Reds early in the season at their worst when they were just hapless and they were they're coming off of just an awful start. The thing with the owner. The I owner think- actively trying to spite their own owner, probably. At least a little bit. All of that, and like Joey Votto was also hurt, so you have your your centerpiece, your, your your main guy is out. So we had missed Joey Votto in the in the early both of those early series, we didn't see him. So we got a weekend, sort of the Reds at their worst this year. This weekend we saw a better Reds team, and we still handled them pretty well. And I think that I tweeted this on on Saturday, or sorry on Sunday, about the fact that you know the Brewers now like if you look at this team top to bottom they are they're an incredibly good team and they're a team that has gone through a lot in this early part of the season and have had to weather a lot of injuries which we've talked about extensively a lot of road games a lot of ridiculous road trips a lot of runs with no days off like they've they've had <laughs> to deal with a lot of crap so far this season yep and yet here they are you know coming into today they were what 38 and 30
0: Uh, I think that's right.
1: And now they're 39 and 30, like, and with a, with a 39 and 30. Yeah. They're 39 and 30 with a one game lead in the division. And like, this is still without, you know, Brandon Woodruff has been out for a few weeks, but seems to be likely headed back. Like Brandon Woodruff is on the cusp. He pitched very well. And by all accounts looked very good in doing it. So we should have Brandon Woodruff back pretty quickly. Unfortunately, The Aaron Ashby news is not good after the Sunday, uh, you know, the the encouraging news on Sunday was that he threw a bullpen and felt great. And then today it was not good. And I don't think we have to tell people. But in case you don't know, the (laughs) the forearm tightness in the pitching hand is very, very often a uh, a, a leading indicator that there's a torn UCL there and that a guy's going to need Tommy John. Yep. So I would assume he has already had an MRI and they've looked at him and they have identified that he doesn't have a, a torn uh, UCL, but who knows?
0: MRIs, I'm sure, happened, but torn is a big word. And, um, you know, there's torn, there's partially torn, there's fully torn. And... Um, it maybe they saw a partial tear that they were like, Oh, maybe he can pitch through that. And he went out into his bullpen and felt fine. And they looked again. And he was like, oh, 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 nope, not good, bad, bad, bad. Um, that is, I think, fairly likely as to what happened there. And uh, yeah, spontaneous scratches, like I mean, not spo- super spontaneous, but like scratches that have them now scrambling to fill a pitching position. That's a bad sign. That means that mm-hmm. uh, they were hopeful and now they're not hopeful. So, um, yeah, not not great, not not good
1: yeah it's not what you want to see at all though with Woodruff coming back that should make things reasonably better and you still have you know if once Woodruff comes back you've still got a top four that most teams would envy yeah. Cardinals certainly would envy it like it's it is a very good top four so even without Peralta even without Ashby this is still a pretty good group Now, we probably should be on the lookout for them making moves at the deadline or maybe even a little bit before to shore up the pitching. And in some ways, it's almost going to be like entertaining to see because watching the Brewers go out and get pitchers from the market. I think we talked about this last week, (laughs) like they're, they're so good at this, at finding guys who just like other teams. Don't seem to quite know what to do with, and they bring them in, and you know, your your Jordan Lyles and your Wade Miley's and whoever, where they just bring them in and they turn into pretty good, solid starting pitchers in their time with the Brewers, and go off and get big contracts, or at least reasonably big contracts, someplace else. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them do this again. Hell, they may have already done it with with Chichi Gonzalez. Yeah, uh, I indeed. doubt it, but but you never, you never know. know. No, it, like <laughs> it seems very. uh by the way, did you did you see the uh, the sword dance? I posted that on uh, on Twitter. Do you remember the Chichi, Chichi, Rodriguez Chichi Rodriguez from the nineties? Yeah, sure, yeah,
0: I remember that. Yes, yeah.
1: So oh, that that'll get a lot of uh, a lot of workout.
0: All right. We also have to rank the birds. So um, oh yeah. So first, first by team: uh, Blue Jays or Cardinals? Who's better? Blue Jays, of course. Um, yeah. If you go and look at the AL East, you everybody needs to understand that the Yankees are just kicking the ever-loving crap out of everybody, mm-hmm. and all of those other teams are still good. It's just that the Yankees uh, seem to have pulled off um, some some really good trickery with uh, their coaching staff and pl- player improvements over the offseason. Uh, Eno tweeted out earlier today that uh, basically... Four of the I, I I can't say four of the top hitters because the Yankees all hitters are all top hitters, but four of their biggest bats from last year don't have them in front of me. But it was Judge, Stanton, um, I think Clay somebody else Rizzo, uh,
1: Rizzo, Rizzo. Yep, Rizzo. Uh,
0: all have the most improved barrel rates of like any hitters from last year. So uh, some hitting coach at the Yankees is is earning his paycheck right now, and uh, they're basically unbeatable at the moment. So the Blue Jays are really good. They're an awesome team. They would be uh, in first in most divisions and they're much better than the Cardinals are. So yes, they're also a better bird of course, but, um, uh, Cardinals are terrible birds. They're overly gaudy, overly aggressive. Um, just annoying. They sit on bats and face, face each other for no reason. So yeah, the blue jay is also a better bird. I will definitely go with that. Okay. All right. Um, we of course have a few more Patreon questions to get to before we get on out of here. So first Mark Potts, Garvey, um, Tell me about Wisconsin's newest Johnny Davis <laughs> and what we can expect from him. Uh, is he a possible center field solution or just a stopgap backup until we make a trade? Um, and a second question. What do you make of Severino playing first base on his rehab start? So start with uh, Johnny Davis, who is not the Wisconsin basketball phenom, uh, but is instead an outfielder who may or may not be worth anything. Ryan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, he is a four a guy in sort of the the classic sense of that he in his career in the big leagues he has 264 played appearances and this is dating all the way back to 2018 with toronto um, and then up through last year with the yankees and you're looking at a 177 279 252 hitter so a career (laughs) 531 uh, uh, ops and uh, 47 ops plus you can see why the brewers would be at least somewhat interested in him, and that is he walks. So there is that is a, a thing that the brewers value, and so they look at him, and I'm sure that part of their calculus here was, and why they brought him in is, okay, he, he walks, so he has this skill. And if he catches fire and has you know a few hot months, and we need somebody to step in as a stopgap he could potentially if he's going well if the if the balls are falling and he's hitting for you know, just a little bit of of power like he doesn't have much power to speak of in his career here but if he's hitting for just like a little bit of of power then maybe you can sneak by with him for a little while on your big league roster and that's, I think, what has happened here is they basically he's had about as good a year as you could expect. Because down in AAA, he was hitting before getting the call up 297, 408, 426. So, again, the balls were falling. That's how you you, know, you had a 297 batting average. And the walks, the, the walk rate, so about 100 points higher than the, the on-base, about 100 points higher than the batting average. That is sort of his his skill is doing that. So the balls were falling, and he was hitting for a little bit of power. Yeah, the four twenty six slugging like he had three home runs, eight doubles. Like he was hitting for just sort of a bare minimum of power, and so yeah, it was worth the call up and worth the 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 spot on the roster for right now. While they're trying to get it figured out what they're going to do long term, but I think that the the high end uh, uh, outcome here is he's a successful stopgap until they get the real guy who's going to succeed, Lorenzo Cain, for the rest of this year.
0: Yeah, that checks out. Uh, and make anything of Severino playing first base other than um, they think he'll be back. It, well, you know, he'll he'll be back at some point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's bonus time to train a guy on an extra position, or is it something more than that?
1: No, I think that's it's exactly what it is. Just yeah. they like to have flexibility, more different ways to play guys and places to put them. And he did seem in spring training before all of you know the, the drug drugs suspension and all that came down. It seemed like he was maybe going to be one of those interesting Brewer catcher acquisitions where he all of a sudden becomes better than he ever really had been to that point. Especially with the bat, he was looking really pretty good. So maybe there's something there. I I don't know. Um, and I also you who knows what affect the the uh, the steroid you know, the. The performance-enhancing drug had on his <laughs> on his abilities. I don't there's know that. Yes, like I huh. I've always been skeptical that there's as much value in it as people think there is. So the
0: other thing might just be that um, Omar Narvaez has been you know quite good, and Victor Caratini has been the best hit best player on the team since he joined. <laughs> <to> yeah, <basically. laughs> Victor
1: Caratini. It it is kind of wild. Yeah, he. <laughs> there's no real reason that you would want to like upset the apple cart in terms of what's going on at the catcher position because yeah, I mean, both of those guys have been really really good yeah the, the brewers have a
0: lot of problems on offense but catcher's not one of those like they've actually raked it catcher
1: no problem there yeah well and defensively too like those guys do a job there both of them do indeed they do all right uh,
0: also um bob peterson with a question a new patron um when Woodruff comes back to the rotation, does Alexander become the sixth starter long reliever, or would they consider using Ashby, RIP, or Hauser in that role again?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he was going to probably become the sixth starter before this all happened. Like, And my guess is, because especially in the summer... They really liked to do that six man rotation. Yeah. And they, by and large, had been actually doing it quite a bit this year. They stopped when they ran into all those days without a day off and everybody got hurt. Right. They so they've been scraping enough. by with five since then. But I, I mean, like early in the season, they showed their preference still was to have guys start with five days rest, not with four yeah. days rest.
0: So I agree. I think it will probably be him. I think the one thing that we should note on Jason Alexander is there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there and uh, a lot of indicators that uh, this is a fun story. He's been very good. He has the name of a Seinfeld actor. But uh, the tires might come off Jason Alexander at some point. Uh, So we should all kind of keep our eyes out for that
1: yeah he definitely there's there's a lot of smoke and mirrors here and the biggest thing obviously is he just doesn't miss that many bats like no what he is does he, not what is he striking out right now i don't have the the numbers up in front of me but what yeah. is the what's
0: the strike oh, I, I had the hitters up apologies um let's
1: see oh yeah. wait he has an eight percent strikeout rate which uh savant says is in the bottom one percent in the league
0: yep yep <laughs> that's, that's uh that's correct. He's struck out eight batters in 22.1. In- That's innings. I was looking for plate appearances where his plate appearances? Why do they have this range like this? I don't know. Uh, but yes, he he's, he does not strike out people. He does not miss bats. He is a contact guy and um, good year to be a contact guy. But <laughs> um, even in the dead ball year, it's still not going to work forever.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're lo- looking at just his savant numbers here. Expected batting average of 323 while his actual batting average is... I say considerably lower than that.
0: Yeah. Eight he, so it it's exactly eight <laughs> percent. He struck out eight out of a
1: hundred. <laughs> wow. Okay. So but there yeah. We go. <laughs> expected so his ERA right now is two forty two and his expected ERA on, on Savant, so via StatCast here, five thirty four. Yep. So yep. smoke yep. and mirrors is if you prefer traditional kind.
0: Um his whip is one point seven. That's not good. Um whip doesn't always tell the full story but when it's 1.7 it usually tells a
1: pretty strong story yeah you just aren't going to get by with having that kind of a strand rate because the strand rate's got to be astronomical right it's got to be just off the charts
0: i'm sure it is but i only have a preference and they don't have it on
1: there (laughs) ah yeah okay anyway it's yeah it you you're happy to ride this as long as it lasts but i would say one uh complete meltdown and you're gonna be on high alert too, mm-hmm. and you need to be ready to pull the plug. And that's gonna be difficult because their options are somewhat limited right now. But yep. teams have, have to deal with this sort of thing. It, it, they do. We have been the Brewers have been very fortunate about not having to deal with this. Basically, 2019, 2020, 2021, they were able to get by without having really any starter injuries, hardly. Like they were they were able to skate through. And that's not going to last forever. You are eventually going to have to pay the piper on this stuff, even if you're the Brewers. And even if we think they do a really good job with this, that they're among the best in baseball in terms of keeping their pitchers healthy, that they have a system set up that allows them to be healthier than normal. But pitchers still, the main thing they do is get hurt. So no matter how good your system, you're still going to have runs of bad luck where a lot of guys are hurt. It's, it's yeah, just how it it's- goes.
0: It's just minimizing it. It's not eliminating it. There's no way to do that. So yep. That's it. And they're good at riding hot hands. And they'll have a one thing that we know about the brewers. They have short leashes with guys and uh, they'll they'll cycle somebody else through if they need to. Absolutely. All right. One last and very important question from Jay Google. Uh, what are your thoughts on <laughs> the Brew Crew jerseys and hats? They put out the new, um, what is it, uh, City Connection line this yeah, week? Yeah, City Connect. Yeah. Uh, yep. Sorry, City Connect. City Connection, of course, is a uh, bad Jaleco video game for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released in 1986. City Connect are the jerseys that were released <laughs> this week. So, um, well, so, Ryan, any thoughts on the... the? I'll just I'll put this other. there. I, I really like them. I think they did a nice job on pretty much all of them. So I give them a big thumbs up. Uh, I know that the big winner by most votes on the Internet is the Grill Patch, which is mm-hmm. really only available... As a minor piece, I think, on the jersey and on a T-shirt that I ordered immediately. Um, but what do you think of the line uh, t- in general? And uh, are, do you share the opinion on the grill patch?
1: Yeah, I'm all about the grill patch. I love it's the great. the new logos that they've added. Besides you're bringing back and centering the ball and glove logo. But then they also added, I, I first thing I did, I wanted to get the Wisconsin with the brick. The the brick Wisconsin logo. I wanted yep. that like right away. And I also really do like the baseball with the um, with the stalks of um, barley. The wheat, yeah. Yeah, I think it's barley. Is it barley or wheat? I don't even know. I, I, I guess I don't know either. I think it's wheat, but I don't
0: know either. Maybe it's barley. I think of barley as like what I see in um, beef barley Campbell soup, little chunks of like almost um, uh, yeah, little, little tiny grains, uh, whereas wheat's big. It looks like a wheat stalk to me always has, but you know what? We should ask. We know somebody
1: who can confirm. So, um, <laughs> we'll so, do that. so anyway, yeah, I really do like the, uh, the, uh, the grill, the ball grill thing. That is very cool. I'm definitely pro that, uh, uh that look in general. And the colors are good. I do, I think the powder blue thing got overused and i i should be fair about this because i look at the brewers ones and i'm like those are awesome from the 80s because they're <laughs> from my childhood and then i look at yep. the other ones like the cardinals having the blues also from 82 and i'm like fuck you like you shouldn't have that look that's ours like you don't get that and i have no idea who actually had it first like who, who has the rightful yeah. claim to it and like the royals that is actually their main color scheme is yeah. the powder blue is basically their it is their their central color scheme anyway so, but there were a bunch of teams in that time period that would have those at least as like alternate jerseys, and I've always thought it's like a cool look, though it had been overdone. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with with going back to this. the The font on it is a little much. Like I don't <laughs> like you don't need like the cursive look. Like I don't know. Like I, I
0: I like it. I like leaning into it. If you're gonna do it, I think it has a very early '90s vibe, and you know. These are one-offs. They don't have to stand the test of time. They're yes. not going to be the uniforms in 10 years when they will absolutely look dated. Um, they're supposed to just look cool and whatever, future slash retro now. So uh, I, I'm on board. I think they've done a really good job on design lately. I agree with you that the, uh, the reintroduction of the new logos w- were very good. I, I think their barrel man design is really good. And mm-hmm. they did a nice job generating a new mascot. They really do need a Smash Brothers style fighting game because they have like 10 mascots now. <laughs> um and they should absolutely do that um but uh yeah I, i'm i'm pro all of them i think they're really good well done brewers nice job design team all right um that that will bring us uh, to the end here um so uh, as usual uh, the deal is if you uh, start pledging us on Patreon. We will uh, read your name and uh, answer one of your questions. Uh, we already answered Bob's question, and uh, we can give a shout-out.
1: Ryan, you want to do the standard? We won't mispronounce this one. Yeah, Bob Peterson. Thank you. Though he did just say Bob on the thing, so we really should just say Bob. But he did put Bob. Bob for the question was Bob Peterson, so whatever. Yes. Okay. Is is what it is. All yeah.
0: right. Uh, and uh, we would appreciate uh, if you... Uh, We appreciate all of our patrons, of course, but uh, if you can't and you still want to get your feedback across and uh, you are short on cash or the economy is hitting you hard, uh, we would also appreciate if you leave us a review and a rating for this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it these days at Apple. um, We would appreciate them on all platforms, but of course, uh, Apple Podcasts is one that helps us the most. And if you leave us a five-star review and only a five-star review... I will read literally anything you write uh, if you give us five stars, which I have proven repeatedly now. Um, Oh, as long as it's not like um, as long as it's not obscene or racist or anything like that, but anything else Um, should put the caveats in there. I'm the lawyer. So um, we, (laughs) we, we do have a, uh, we have a five-star review this week. I'm pretty sure it's from Bob who's doubling up here. (laughs) It's from RP Peterson. Um, uh, I appreciate your balanced and insightful coverage of the brewers. I also loved your recent advice on how to watch the brewers to maintain domestic tranquility in the household, <laughs> keeping the game on in the background on mute with music on it works. See good advice. We're saving marriages here. So um, <laughs> doing important work. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, Bob for the patronage and for the five-star view really appreciate it on both ends. Um, while you're there, uh, hit the subscribe button on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Those help us uh, ascend the charts, the baseball charts, the sports charts. Get us in front of more people. Um, help helps to grow the podcast. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Milwaukee's Daily. Welcome to episode 100, uh, starting over, already screwed up, got a number wrong. Yes, my wheelhouse too, got a digits wrong. This is be, so this is why we can never keep the number straight on reporting as eligible, because even if we could, I couldn't say them right. All right.
1: <laughs> this Tr- is totally trying, going out the
0: end, you know that, right? Of course it is, of course it is. All right, trying this one more time. Um, all right.